I am very excited about this right now. Oh, that song is so good. The song itself just got me excited to do this episode. Uh, tonight, we are talking about one of the most underrated movies to come out during our childhood. A movie that featured a cast that was essentially the same exact age as us when it came out. A cast that was all overweight, just like us, <laughs> when it came out. Today, we're going to review a great movie called Heavyweights. Insert raucous applause right here. Oh, I'm going to insert it. I don't know if you noticed last week, I, you're like, oh, we need thunder right now. And I put it in. It made into the me show. so happy, dude, that you did that. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to put applause right there. Um, this movie came out in 1995, uh, February 17th, 1995 to be exact, with a budget of $10 million, but only grossed $17 million in the box office. It's because they didn't come out three days earlier. If they came out on Valentine's Day, you think it would have been, <laughs> their fate would have been different? <laughs> Game changer. This is a movie that was written by an up and coming writer comedian and long island native judd apatow and his buddy Stephen brill this is a movie that should have been a huge success but um it was a disney movie and disney d just did not know how to take a judd apatow style comedy movie facts and market it so with that for those who need a refresher Jonesy, why don't you read the description of what this movie's about? I feel like when the intro music just played, I felt like that was my cue to read the the description in like a movie guy voice. Ooh, you want to do it? Yeah, and I haven't done movie guy. You haven't voice done in movie a guy time. in a while. You haven't done that in probably five years, actually. Yeah, it's been a long time. Let's hear it. You still got it. Do you need a warm up take, or you want to just <laughs> no, go no, cold? No. I never need a warm up take. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's <laughs> a professional. Guy. No, I'm just, you got to fly in like the, the background music for me and I'll, I'll do it. No problem. All right. Leave a space. Ready? Go. Wait, now am I doing it like, like really serious movie guy? I don't know. You're the professional. Yeah. <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> Actually, it would be really funny to do it super serious. Jerry is not looking forward to his summer vacation since he'll be spending it at a camp for overweight boys in order to shed pounds. Fortunately, a kindly couple, the Bushkins, played by Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira, run the camp and make a process fun and relaxed. However, they're soon forced to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's two take Jones from now on. <laughs> <laughs> But soon they're forced to declare bankruptcy and sell the camp to Tony Perkis, played by Ben Stiller, a fitness fanatic who turns the camp into a living nightmare of over-the-top training. But the kids plan to fight back. Well played. So good. I haven't heard movie guy voice in a long time. Yeah, there's a part of me that is thinking, oh, I could edit that <laughs> that choking no. fit out. No. But then there's the other part of me that says, no, the audience no. needs to hear what we just heard. pure laughter that came out of my, <laughs> my body. That has to stay. That, oh, that's the sound of me running out of gas, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, we did a lot of research on this movie uh, this past week, and 
you know, one of the things that just really popped for me in, in all the reviews and all the things I read is, you know, this is a movie that is really well written, well acted, great plot, good amount of humor and, um, you know, um, emotion, right? Because there, there are like the, the, the actual characters, you care about them, you're emotionally invested in them. It's a great movie, but it is a strange movie to market because some of the humor is a little too adult for a Disney movie, but then there's other parts that are a little too kitty for an adult movie. And you know what it got me thinking? It got me thinking that this was like a warm up for the movie Dodgeball. Is that strange? No, it's ve- it's on the course. If you think like, about it, this was a stepping stone to get to that point. And if it wasn't Disney putting out heavyweights, it would have been closer to Dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. If if this movie was not a Disney movie, and just like a a, a Judd Apatow style movie, it would have been probably R rated and would have been hilarious. And funny enough, you get Ben Stiller as well in Dodgeball <laughs> playing a very similar basically the same bad guy so ben stiller plays the bad guy in this movie so he plays this like over the top fitness guru who used to be fat guess who he plays in dodgeball (laughs) an over the top fitness guru who used to be fat and um the if you remember dodgeball um the cast is like a bunch of average joes who are not in good shape and they have to play against globo gym or whatever also the name of the gym is average joes yeah it's called average joes versus and they and they have to f- play globo gym who are a bunch of meatheads um in dodgeball in this they do the apache relay the fat camp versus camp mvps who's all these like in shape baseball players so i'm just saying this was like a warm-up to dodgeball 100 percent and, the, and Ben Stiller's character is basically carbon copied <laughs> into Dodgeball. Which isn't a problem. I could watch that character in multiple films and love it. 100%. Now, um, that is what did in this movie. Like, I think it would have had a better shot if it wasn't a Disney movie, movie. And they just did not know how to market it. Like, are you marketing it to 12-year-olds or to grown-ups? Uh, very similar to last week's deep dive of Monster yeah. Squad, which also had a trouble... Uh, you know, a very tough time uh, advertising. Seems to be a common thread out there. I wonder if we'll come across it more. I think we will. I think we will. Um, after watching it a second time, I mean, not a second time, a, a millionth time, but, you know, a rewatch after years of not seeing it, my first reaction was, this movie holds up very well. Same, same here. I, I watched it two morning, two days ago, and I just... I didn't want to leave my seat. I just, I loved every second of it. It just still hit. Absolutely. I liked it so much that I actually went on YouTube and just watched clips of it after I watched it. I just like that. to watch all the highlights. See how much he cares. <laughs> now, Jones, this was your first time ever watching the movie, right? Yeah. And I think that this is a good formula for this show, actually, because I haven't seen a lot of the things that you guys have seen. And I definitely haven't seen a lot of the things at the time that you guys saw them. So like this kind of works out well that this is like a favorite for for pomp and eric and for me it's the first time seeing it like i have a fresh take like i don't have nostalgia eyes for this movie so i mean i I do because of like some of the things that i see like very early in the movie like they pass by like a bunch of fast food signs but they're all the old style sign so i'm like oh man i remember that taco bell sign that's great 
Yeah. So what what was your reaction now watching it with these fresh eyes? I know you got the, a little bit of nostalgia because it's still mid nineties and and, you, and we were exactly that age when this you know when this movie came out. Well, I'm going to tell you like I don't think anything tips off that it's from the mid nineties except for the music that's in the movie. Like very little. I mean, the fact that there's like no mention of like a cell phone or anything, but like there wouldn't be anyways. That's true. And they're, the clothes they wear is like would still be the clothes they wear now because when you're a fat kid, you can't be super stylish. So you just wear like baggy t-shirts, you know? So they're wearing like cl- clothes that 2023 fat kids wear. So, um, Gerald Garner has a great shirt selection. Yes. That's one of the things. There's two things I noticed while I was watching it. I actually put it in the notes because it, it just popped out for me. The first one was that he's rocking a New York Islanders shirt. And in one of the scenes, they go, where are you from, Gerald? He's like, Long Island. He's like, never heard of it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, a little Long Island uh, uh, shout out there. Um, and then the other shirt that he's wearing is... Fire Marshal Bill. How friggin' like on on brand for that time period to have a fire marshal bill t-shirt so you wrote it in the notes i originally wrote it in the notes but i deleted it it also took me a few minutes of like staring at the screen because the shirt was wrinkled to see what it said i just saw fire marshal at first and i did the same thing yeah also there's a in the beginning of the movie uh he misses the bus at school to go home and his walk is like forever to get home from the school and once you realize it's Long Island, I was trying to piece together what town that would be that he walked through like a village of like stores past a baseball field. And then the, the like where he lived was it's like a very nice area. So I was like trying to figure out where that could possibly be. What do, you, do you have like, a guess? No, because I don't I don't know a lot of towns. I figure I think it's Suffolk. And it, I feel like it's because it was a I don't know the distance from schools to like neighborhoods. So but it seemed very far. It was like Western Suffolk, though, like not soup. I yeah, think yeah, not deep. My my guess is like it's kind of like a like a Comac, like a Comac Long Island. Fair enough. Yeah. Now remember, it, this is written by Judd Apatow, who grew up in Syosset, New York, yeah. Long Island. So it definitely could have been Syosset too. Could have been Syosset for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I you know as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself. How how did this become like how did Disney get Judd Apatow to write a movie like it was it was a weird it was a weird move and 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 I get why it only grossed 17 million in the box office technically not a flop right it didn't bomb because it it, it the budget was was 10 million but definitely not what you would expect from a Disney movie they put out banger after banger so when they put out a a 17 million dollar uh, uh uh showing that's not not great yeah but in the cast, something that, that jumped out right away to me was three of the main characters were also in the movie The Mighty Ducks. In, yeah, in the series. Yeah. Now, first is Aaron Schwartz, who plays the main character, Gerald Gardner, uh, age 11, 141 pounds. <laughs> um, Keenan Thompson. Aaron Schwartz was Carp in Mighty Ducks, the first one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Thompson plays Roy in this movie. He is the knuckle puck kid. He is he, Russ Tyler, which I have none of these in the notes. I just know the Mighty Ducks so well. And he um, came. He's in the second one. He's in the second and the third. third. Yep. 
And then you have uh, Sean Weiss, who plays Goldberg in The Mighty Ducks, all three of them. You knew his name. I'm proud of you. Yeah, hell yeah. And he, play, he plays Josh in this movie. Yeah, and he also uh, developed a terrible meth addiction in life. Yeah, but he's recovering. I think he's recovering now, though, and I'm proud. Uh, speaking of, you know, where are they now? Uh, Aaron Schwartz was uh, a little fat kid, obviously, because he's in, in this movie, uh, is now like shredded. And, and he's like, like a, a handsome, handsome Euro dude. dude. Yeah, he's a he's a looker. So good for him, huh? I couldn't believe that when I dug that up. So he percussized. Yeah. It worked. You guys sent me that picture and I thought you sent me a picture of Lars. <laughs> oh my god. Well, <laughs> Lars is uh Lars is a great character in the in the movie. So in the movie, um essentially this this fat camp is this like super awesome positive place for years and years and it's run by uh, this old couple that's played by Ben Stiller's real parents, um, which is which is awesome. Uh, but then they have to sell in the beginning of the movie. And Gerald Gardner, it's his first summer there, so he doesn't know how it used to be. He only knows this new version where um, Ben Stiller's character, uh, Tony Perkis, takes it over and turns it into like a ho- hardcore, over-the-top, like um, ultra-aggressive fat camp. To try and sell videos and make money like off of it yeah turned it into one big infomercial about how he can help you lose now, the weight. thing about the camp is he wants the kids to actually lose weight whereas the camp originally i feel was just like a comfortable place for fat kids to be together and like not be embarrassed yeah. of doing things yeah of like taking their shirts off and going in a lake like there's no there's no in shapers around so like they didn't have to worry yeah it was more about yeah it was more about body positivity and just people just being in a, a safe place um and having a great summer and then now tony perkis takes it over and he wants to actually get these kids in shape and you know you you can't fault him for like wanting to get these kids in shape this whole point of a fat camp but i think he goes a little ultra aggressive in the kids uh the kids revolt and that's basically the that's the conflict in the in the movie um Jones, when you were watching it, it, you actually said something before we went on air, and I, I'd love to hear your take on it now. Um, when you watched it, you had a different perspective on 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 who who the bad guy is, and and it to, I mean, because you're supposed to think that Ben Stiller's Tony Perkis character is the bad guy, but you had a different take. Like I thought when he came on screen for that first time and started giving like that speech and everything, I thought he was going to be like a evil to the bone character, and he totally wasn't. He was just like a goofball fitness guy who just wanted to make a profit on the camp that he just bought with his dad's money. And these rotten kids just (laughs) did everything they could to undermine all of his efforts into getting them in shape. Yeah. They, these kids sneak a lot of candy and junk food onto, you know, into, into the camp. But I mean, in their defense, they weren't doing that to undermine him because they didn't know he existed at that point. Yeah. They did it every year. Apparently that's just like the thing. They sneak, they sneak in junk food, and that's why they're still fat. I mean, I, but, I, my carry-on always has some beef jerky and, some, and like a payday in it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Hell yeah. Who am I kidding? But he, yeah. like, he takes all their candy away and then locks it up in his office, and then these rotten kids again break into his office, take all the candy. I mean, he stole. He stole from them. Yeah, it's fair. Con- confiscated, I would say. I, I think he was just going to hold on to it until the <laughs> camp was over and give it back to him. The thing is... There's a scene where you start to see Tony Perkis's, you know, 
evil arc start to come out, which is when they do their first weigh in. And he's all excited because he's like, you know, I've been I've been, you know, giving these kids healthy food and they've been exercising and all this stuff. They're going to definitely have lost some weight. And like all of them gained weight. <laughs> the first kid, he's like, uh, all right, you've gained three pounds. No big deal. We can work. Th- we'll just add some some this and subtract some food. We'll be good. Yeah. He's like, we're going to decrease the calorie intake yeah. and, <laughs> and increase your metabolic output. There you go. Look at you knowing the line. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's like all, he's still, he's still good. And he's Gerald still good. Garner gets on the scale and he goes to like one, 149. He's like, you've gained seven pounds. You're either, are you cheating? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, and he makes him like turn around. He's like, Gerald Gardner is a cheater, blah, blah, blah. And then Goldberg gets on. The, <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, before Goldberg goes on, the this the biggest dude at the camp, he's also really tall. He gets on the stage. He's like, congratulations. You're the fattest kid at fat camp. And at first he looks all sad. But then everyone starts <laughs> clapping for him. And he does like the, he like takes a bow. He like does, so he gets good. all into it. And then, and then, um, go, go. Josh, the Josh character played by uh, the Goldberg from uh, from Mighty Ducks, gets on the scale. He's like, "Get on the scale, get, get off the scale." <laughs> <laughs> and then at that point, he's like, "Turn off the cameras," and he just loses it. Uh, but um, but you got a point though, Jones. Like it, when you look at it from that perspective, like he's trying to help these kids lose weight. I mean, his methods are ultra aggressive, but like they're all sabotaging it and gaining weight at fat camp. Yeah, but what's he supposed to do? Like. Wouldn't you do that if you were running a fat camp and everyone weighed in overweight? Like, I would, what are you supposed to do? Just be like, oh, well, whoops-a-daisy. Yeah. No, like you're supposed to flip out. Like, I think the, I think the point, if we, if we want to be like really like serious about how to approach fat camp, I think the point is like you can't take kids who are like have terrible eating habits, who are super lazy, not athletic, and just like, day one throw them into like hardcore fitness training like it's just too much you know it's too much for anyone no, and, that, to and that wasn't on any of the contracts the parents signed either so yeah like they should have he, he he would have in real life needed to kind of ease them into it be like all right we're gonna start with like small changes to your lifestyle right like we're gonna cut out this cut out that like you have a whole instead summer of, instead of frying the chicken at lunch it's gonna be grilled exactly <laughs> like, that, yeah that's where you kick that off exactly like instead of like you know, you have an entire summer to, to teach them new habits. You can't just be like, all right, today you're going to go like Marines training boot camp style. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. No, but I think he started off normal. And then when they all overweighed, he was like, no, now we're going on the 20 mile death hike. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Which in reaction, I mean, how do you gain 10 pounds in a week? That's crazy. Okay. There's one scene where I think it's total uh, jerk move, which is he sets up a mixer dance with like I, like all these like good looking girls from it's another the girl camp. camp yeah what is the girl camp though is it like a beauty camp because they're all like like clearly like like attractive which is weird to say because they're 12 but like at the time though we were the same age we were the so same it's age. okay yeah but they were like so they had this mixer and at first it's it's like a dud because these kids are like, you know, low self-esteem, low confidence. It's not like they're going up and like kicking it to these girls. Yeah, the whole point of the mixer was was not in good taste. No, but what happens is the people that are chaperoning it are good people, including Lars, who is one of the new instructors that comes in that you're supposed to think is a villain, but he's not really a villain. He's kind of like the best character yeah, in the movie. Yeah, Eric Eric loves Lars, and he, he is one of the funniest 
people in the movie. He he's DJing and he's really playing good music and trying to like make it fun. He's dancing. He's kind of goofy because he's like Euro and whatever. But the two of the counselors, one is played by uh, Paul Feig, who is now a famous director. He did Bridesmaids. I think he's done a bunch of great movies. Um, who's the? He used to be a fat kid, but now he's skinny. He's like the one skinny guy that they make fun of. They make fun of him constantly for being skinny, which is a good twist. Yeah. So he's like, all right, this dance is a dud, and I'm going to save it. So he gets in the middle of the dance floor, and he starts like dancing like crazy. And then uh, the other counselor, this guy, Pat, He's like, what are you doing? He goes into the middle of the dance floor. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm saving this dance. And he's like, all right. And then Pat, who is also a fat guy who used to be a fat kid. Who was lo- played by Tom McGowan, who was on Everybody Loves Raymond, and he was on some Frasier. Um, he's also friends in real life with um, uh, Phil from Everybody, uh, Somebody Feed Phil that I recommended a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, Phil Rosenthal. Phil Rosenthal. They're... they're the two couples are friends in real life and they can't, they guest starred on one of the episodes of somebody feed Phil. He met them in like some city in Europe and they, the whole episode they were like him and his wife, Tom McGowan were there eating with Phil and his wife and it was awesome. That's really cool. That's a, that's a, yeah. such a cool uh, little fun fact. So now Pat is still fat. Used to be a, uh, a, uh, uh, a member, like a, a whatever, a fat kid at the fat camp, and now he's a counselor there. He's also one of the greatest humans. He's like a, just an awesome dude. He's like exactly the kind of leader that these kids need. But he's got low self-esteem also, and there's this new nurse at the camp who's hot as hell. A dime. Yeah. Her name is... Nurse Julie. Nurse Julie in the movie. She's now a real estate agent, by the way. I looked her up. Nice. In Beverly Hills. Well, fun fact. Um still good looking by the way at like 65 years old um and he definitely has a crush on her but he's like super nervous around there he grows the courage in that moment to go up and start dancing with the other counselor to get the party going and then once he does that he like calls over all the 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 kid like all the the kids from the fat camp and they're like you know what screw it and they all start dancing and having a good time the all these like cute girls from like the hot girl camp we're like, wow, that looks like fun. They get in and they all start dancing together and it becomes like the best dance party ever. And these kids are having the best time of their lives. They're halfway through one song and all the lights go on and Ben Stiller shuts down the party. He's like, all right, everybody go home. And you realize in that moment that he purposely set up the dance for these kids to f- be humiliated into losing weight. Like, see, these girls won't talk to you because you're fat. So lose weight. And they, maybe you'll have a chance with these girls. But it backfired because they ended up having this awesome time. So he shut it down. And one he, of the kids made out with one of the girls. Yeah. Like the ugliest kid at the fat camp made out with a chick while like the lights were on and everybody was leaving. Yeah. I was like, yes, you. Yeah. And it's like that moment. That's the moment where you realize that like Ben Stiller is kind of a bad guy. Because like you don't have to. You don't have to shame people into losing weight. It, it doesn't work. It, it just causes them to eat more probably so um so i get your point jones that like you know ben stiller's like trying to do the right thing to like get these kids to lose weight but like that was one step too far i don't think he's all that bad bad of a guy still because the retaliation is through the roof the retaliation hadn't happened yet and he still did that he's got one other thing he does too before the retaliation that we'll get to in a second the other thing he does is he makes them do a uh play a 
what is it? Does he play a full Apache Relay or do they just do the... Um, softball game. Oh, they just do a softball game at first. They do a softball game against Camp MVP who are baseball players and just to hum- humiliate them again. So he's purposely setting them up to be miserable. No, but they, they had said that they did that baseball game when it was the old camp too. No, they did the Apache Relay every year. But I don't think they do the softball game. Uh, I might have to watch that board again. We got to rewatch. Um, <laughs> rewatch the rewatch. You might be right, though. Um, but then, why don't you tell everyone the reta- retaliation? So while they're uh, out doing some weird meditation out on a rock somewhere, they lure uh, Tony into what uh, seems to be some kind of tiger trap, and then they imprison him with like an electric fence. They do kidnap him, which is clearly a felony, um, which is a bit over the top. Like he just pulled the plug on a dance and they just said, you know what? Now you're in jail with electrified bars. Straight to jail, which no other like there's no place on earth where you have electrified jail bars. Do you know what? Do you want to know what I think is actually even more over the top of a retaliation? They tie up three of the counselors to trees in the middle of the woods and they put honey all over their chests. Like, that could have gotten them killed, <laughs> like mauled by bears. And then they were like, oh, just kidding. Like, don't worry about it. There's no bears in these woods. Like, there's bears in every woods. And even if it's not bears, there's other animals that could have eaten them. They could have gotten Macaulay Culkin to death. They could have got stung by bees. Yes. 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 It's crazy that I got that reference. Rip and dip. My, Rip. my girl. Rip and dip, kid from My Girl. Saddest death in any movie ever. Uh, I don't know about saddest, but no, it's up there. No, Michael Clark Duncan in Green Mile. I think Michael Keaton at the end of my life was a very sad one, too. Yeah. John Travolta in the end of Phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> that no one saw. You ever see Phenomenon? No. We'll do a deep dive. <laughs> No, we won't. My ear just had a high-pitched ringing sound when you said that. Yeah. That's, I think, my brain bled. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain... I just caused brain bleed. Oh, good times, good times. So, Eric, you, you would say uh, Lars is your favorite character in the 100% movie? 100% my favorite character. I think Pat's the best dude in the world, but Lars is my favorite character in the movie. I, because I, he's... He comes in as a villain, but he's, like, so funny and, like... And and even even as a villain, he's likable. Like when he's pushing the kids into the lake, it's still funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's never purposely trying to hurt them. Yeah. The, my favorite part when he throws the kids to the pool, he's like, "Hey, don't pee in there." And then he th- he's like, "Don't drink the water." He just peed in there. <laughs> like it's good. And then when he's like, "I have a severely deviated septum." Yeah. Do not worry. Do I'm not, fine. Yeah. Do not be alarmed. <laughs> Uh, he's got a couple of good lines. He's, he's got the, uh, oh, the girl's like, shouldn't you be watching them while they're swimming? He's like, it's okay. I have them on the body system. <laughs> She's like, the what? She's like, what's the body system? He's like, what? Body. And like, buddy. She's like, oh, the body system. <laughs> so yeah, Lars is my guy in the movie. Um, Jones, who's your favorite character? It goes without saying it's Tony Perkins. <laughs> Just trying to do the right thing in a crazy world. And these <laughs> evil, rotten children imprison him try to kill him, injure him gravely, force him to do to step on glass and then do a backflip. They elect- he gets electrocuted too. At one yeah. Point. yeah. They make a terrible smear campaign VHS out of the, <laughs> the bad edit that they give him. They even admit 
in the movie to like jacking up the yeah pat does it yeah. pat like there's a scene where they show the kids like eating a rat <laughs> and it's like clearly fake but for the parents to like show the parents how evil tony is it's like that's not that didn't really happen they're yeah you're kind of right yeah. that. my my favorite character he's got he's in the movie for about 48 seconds and it's uh tony perkis senior aka papa also played by ben stiller by the way so such a good character yeah i'd watch a story on the lighting fixture king of new jersey yeah uh in a minute he's so good um all right what is your favorite quote eric from the whole movie all right so mine actually comes from the dance and it's when they're still on opposite sides of the room and and the nobody's mingling and uh, one girl just goes, why don't those guys just lose weight? And the girl next to her goes, why don't you teach them how to throw up like you do after meals? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's great. It's like such a good burn. Like you could feel Judd Apatow writing that. Yes. That's such a Judd Apatow. All right. Mine is, uh, it's been quoted so many times on this show alone, but I can't not Because it's a, it. it's a top ever quote exactly why i have to say it even though it's not a shocker it's not a deep cut uh it's when ben stiller goes on the intercom uh and he goes attention campers lunch has been canceled due to lack of hustle deal with it (laughs) it's just that's the greatest line perfect um how about you jonesy my favorite line came from uh, ben stiller's dad when they were explaining that they had to sell off the camp and and mira only lets on that they just have to sell the camp and that that and you know there's bankruptcy involved because well, Jerry, Jerry Stiller goes on a little bit of rant. Yeah, Jerry just like can't keep it inside. He's like, you know, tr- he's yelling about filing for bankruptcy and all that. And as they're walking off, he just goes, "Never let anyone sign your check." <laughs> yeah, like he yells it from the side. It's yeah, good. No. Yeah. Uh, that's it's oh god, so good. All right, so Eric, let me ask you a question. If you can change anything, anything at all about this movie what would you change not a goddamn thing wow. how about you john z i would change the one thing that actually made me sad there's a scene in the movie where lars pops the blob and that made me very upset explain what the blob is so they have a lake at the camp and in the middle of the lake they have this big air-filled balloon type thing i don't really know what it's called but they jump on it from like a dock and then they get like shot off into space. Like so, there's like, it has like a seesaw effect. Yeah, like a seesaw effect. Like one kid jumps on one end of the the blob, and it, it launches the other kid up in the air. And, and then, then they down, fly into the and lake, they, and then they splash into the water, which looks like an absolute blast. And I pray that before I die, I'm able to put pomp on one end of that, and I'm able to jump on the other. I knew you were going to say see that. How so high I could launch this kid in the air? Blast him into the stratosphere. <laughs> Like, he might touch ozone. <laughs> that, that would be fun. And I'd then, probably die, but it'd be no, awesome. Oh, you'd be good. And then Lars just pops it with a harpoon. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the oh. harpoon is the best part. Like, where'd you get, where'd you get that giant trident from, yeah. Lars? The only time I was sad in the movie. Only thing I would change, honestly, I would make a sequel. I'm with it. And they didn't make a I'm sequel. I'm with it. And um, I'd have us three in it <laughs> in the fr- i wish i could go back in time and have us be in it the first I know, time i know i wish i would have known that like I, being a fat kid could have got you an acting job dude i 
have the same exact i could have been gerald gardner i'm from long island i was age 12 141 pounds that's like almost exactly how much i weigh. I could have been that biggest kid at the camp totally Congratulations, Eric. You're the fattest kid of fat camp. <laughs> Wait, how is that not the best quote? Hold on that's a second. A good, I want to take it one. back. <laughs> that's my favorite quote. All right, Josh, get on the scale. Get off the scale. <laughs> that's a great one. I mean, they're all great. Oh, God, this is such a good movie. So there's a fun fact I stumbled across. Um, there's one part in the bunks where when he's confiscating all the candy and all the food, uh, Ben Stiller is asking whose it is, who's taking responsibility for it. And they do the old Seymour Butts yeah. joke on him. And he's like, who's Seymour Butts? They're like, nobody's Seymour Butts than you. And uh, it's funny, whatever. Turns out that joke was originally supposed to be a Peter Fitz joke, which I had never heard this version of the joke. You shouldn't tell the joke so people have to figure it out. <laughs> Just say it's Peter Fitz instead of Seymour Butts and like let people figure it out. Yeah, we're going to really leave that, let that dangle? Yeah, let's see people write into the show and tell us how the joke right, should I'm have gone. It. I, I'd never heard it, and it was so it's so good when yeah. you do the joke in your head. So enjoy that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's also some random cameos in the, in there from people, not really cameos, just parts played by actors who are now much more well known. One of them is um, uh, what's his name? I have to find his name. Alan Covert who you guys know from like Grandma's Boy, uh, Wedding Singer. He's been in like a billion Adam Sandler movies. He plays the photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Jeffrey Tambor, he who plays Dr. Phil. Yeah. He, <laughs> he basically exactly looks like, like Dr. Dr. Phil. Phil. He's a dad from Arrested Development. He plays Jerry Gardner's dad. Yep. Um, There's another pretty big one too. The cook at the camp. Oh, yeah. It's played by Peter Berg. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Like you would like, and it's cool because you could kind of see how all these actors, like, what other things they've done with each other since. Like, um, the guy who directed this, right? His name is um, Stephen Brill. I had not known that name. That's not a household name, but you've seen a lot of the movies he's directed, um, including like a ton of Adam Sandler's movies. Some of the bad ones, to be to be fair including Hubie, Hall- Hubie Halloween. Which wasn't terrible. That was probably the be- one of the better ones. Better of the new batch. Yeah. Um, so then you could understand why Alan Covert's in that crew, mm-hmm. right? Makes sense. Because he's you know, been directed by Stephen Brill, so there you go. Um, yeah, you see all these connections, which is, which is really cool. So Judd Apatow uh, tried to impress Leslie Mann on their first date by showing her this movie. That's amazing. They ended up getting married. So it worked. So I guess you could say it worked. If you wanna, if you want to lock in uh, a female or male, um, show them heavyweights and tell yeah. them that you wrote it. There was another crazy thing. So uh, after they lock Tony up in the in the electrocuted jail cell, they have this party where they just get all the contraband and they eat all the snacks and they dance till like the sun comes out and they all pass out. During that, um, Gerald Garner broke his arm. And they had to film the rest of his parts with him in a cast, and they just kept the one arm out of every shot. That's wild. Pretty crazy. Now I want to watch it a third time. I know. I know. And see if I can spot that. I love it. There was also another scene that was cut out of the movie where uh, Tony takes a bow and arrow um, toward the end after, uh, after he gets in a fight with Jerry's dad. Yeah, he escapes from 
from the prison that they put him in. And uh, they they cut that out of the movie because it was a little too violent, I guess. Yeah. See, Disney had to water it down a little bit. But it still holds up. (laughs) Even with the Disney watering, it's still good. When uh when they win eventually the Apache Relay versus MVP at the end of the movie, they uh they go to pour the cooler onto Gerald's head. <laughs> I noticed this, and when I saw that, it was and in your note. It was full of full soda cans. So he just gets he pegged gets in the head, bombarded with full soda cans. Oh, I was like, what the hell kind of celebration is that? And that was not like even talked about it just happened it just happened that's just maybe a mistake in the movie they just left it in and that was a big cooler yeah, with a lot man, of cans, a lot of cans. That, that stings especially with the broken arm already he's like come on guys <laughs> all right well that's it that's Time, our review we gotta give the rating all right and remember it goes to 11 goes a to rating 11. system all right joan do you go first as the uh as the first time watcher do you guys remember what I gave Monster Squad last no, week? No, I don't remember what I gave it, but I think technically the real rating system would start this week. No, why? I feel like we all went super high out of the gate last week. We did nine. You did. I did nine. You did nine. You did like eight. No, uh, I did a point. I think I did like 7.8. I think that's what I gave him. Yeah. I think I did an 8.7. <clears throat> you did nine. Did I? Nine on the dot. Yeah. So did I. 8.6 was the average score, I think. Okay, fair enough. Because your 7.8 dropped us down. I'm trying to decide in my head whether I like this better than Monster Squad or not. That's really difficult for me right now. It's tough. Ratings are always the toughest to do. I'm going to give this movie an an 8.1. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give it a... Because if it's... uh, Because I'm thinking out loud. Because of its rewatchable factor, the fact that you could watch it in 2023 and it's still good, it, it that gives it a lot of bonus points. What drops it down a little bit for me is like there are moments where it gets very Disney corny and it does it like it like doesn't blend it like it, it's weird, right? Like there's parts that are like very like more adult humor, and then you have Seymour Butts moments. You know, you're like, okay, that's kind of stupid. Um, so that knocks it down a little bit. I'm going to give it a 7.9, but that's a good rating out of 11. That's a good number. It's definitely a good number. Yeah. I'm going a seven flat. Okay. And, uh, for if only because this movie does not have an exploding Wolfman. One of the, it's, it's that exploding Wolfman scene is so well done. Yeah, Monster Squad deserved the rating we gave it last week. I, I don't want you guys second guessing. No, it, you're right. You're right. You're Monster right. Squad you're was right. like, what am I thinking? Uh, it's like a one of a kind movie. It's yeah. like, it's a gem. Heavyweight still had a little bit of a um, Disney kids movie vibe, right? So it kind of, you know, you put this up against Mighty Ducks, right? And that puts it in the se- the sevens. For me, it got an 8.1. It's still probably like one of my top three favorite 90s movies. So Yeah. And when you look at what else was out at the time, I mean, last last week we said it, right? And it was quoted by one of our listeners. Monster Squad didn't stand the chance. It was against some heavy hitters. This wasn't against that heavy of hitters. You want to hear the box office at that time? Yeah, might as well. Number one for the week of February 17th, was the Brady Bunch movie. 
Ooh. That's a very enjoyable movie. Ooh. Yeah, but come on. Number two was Legends of the Fall. Ugh. Three was a movie that I can't tell you if I know what it is. Just Cause? Nothing. Number four was Boys on the Side. They're gonna say boys in the hood. No. Like there it is. Boys on the side. Uh, it's the the, the Mike Jones <laughs> story. It's a, it's a biopic. Oh yeah. Um, Billy Madison. Okay. Which was released a week earlier. Nobody's fool. Don't know that one. Dumb and Dumber. Huh. But here's the thing. Dumb and Dumber came out in December. Now it's February. So this is like three months in, and Dumb and Dumber still bringing more people to the theater three months later well, me you and dave saw it in the theater like six times we saw dumb and dumber so many times <laughs> so the many times in the theater we paid for it you want to know something crazy so after dumb and dumber okay so dumb and dumber was eight nine was heavyweights ten was pulp fiction what but these movies came out months earlier yeah, pulp fiction came out almost a year before that yeah so you gotta understand that like Okay. Pulp Fiction was out for a long time and still pulling the same numbers as a movie that just dropped. Forrest Gump was still in the theaters. Forrest Gump came out July 6th and was still in the theaters in February of the following year. That's how long Forrest Gump was in the movies. Jesus. Yeah. And still pulling numbers. That Now that's a hit. Forrest Gump made $329 million in the box office. This movie made seventeen. Yeah, this movie didn't have like a, lot, a ton of competition. It wasn't like Monster Squad. No. Monster Squad was up against like ridiculous. Like every good thing you think of yeah. was out that same time. Yeah, the yeah the, they had no reason to not be successful. Yeah, the only right. of all these movies, the only one that dropped at the same time as them is the Brady Bunch movie. Okay, everything else had been out for weeks or months prior. And that Brady Bunch movie was advertised like big, like crazy. Yeah, yeah. So. That's that. All right. Heavyweights. Boom. I enjoyed it. Like, I don't think my rating is bad. It's not bad. Like, I, I, I did enjoy this movie. It did have some weirdo parts to it. A 7 out of 11 isn't bad. <clears throat> yeah. It's above midpoint. Agree. Yeah. Which means you're in, the, you're in the enjoying part of the vote of the score. Yeah. I think we're also readjusting to make sure that we save room for, like, mega awesome movies later. And duds. And duds. Word. All right, guys. Good job. I, I don't remember. Do I end this show the same way we end the other show? Or no, do you, I do it. You do this one. Good. I, go, I totally forgot. But I, I don't have like a, a speech. I just go, do, 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 do. That's the show.